Let's get into our listening lunch. The audio that you love and you need to hear, and we discuss it here on Ken Levick Alive. And let's continue with the discussion we've been having on Antonio Brown. Because yesterday, in case there was in case there was any question about whether or not Antonio Brown was still a Tampa Bay Buccaneer after the game against the Jets, uh, Bruce Arians quickly put any discussion of that to rest. He was very forceful when asked about the status of Antonio Brown. This was Bruce Arians yesterday post-game. Can you tell us what happened to Antonio Brown? Did he quit? I've never seen a guy leave a field like that, and is this the last strike for him? He is no longer a buck. All right, that's the end of the story. Let's talk about the guys that went out there and won the game. So Bruce Arians, he's no longer a buck, and he didn't want to say a thing about A.B. Did not want to talk about A.B. But, Theo, here's where I have a problem with that. Because just four days prior, Bruce Arians was asked in the lead-up to the game against the Jets why... After you said last year it was a one-strike policy with Antonio (laughs) Brown, one issue, and A.B. was done, no tolerance, zero tolerance, he had a fake fake vaccination card. He was part of a fake vaccination card organized ring, okay? That's that's criminal if this was outside of the NFL. Mm. That's a criminal act. Yet he was let back onto the team after a four-game suspension. Bruce Arians, earlier in the week, this was his defiant response to being questioned about what he had previously said about Antonio Bryant last season. That's that statement. You know, um, a lot of things went on last year that I was very proud of him, and I made a decision that this was best for our football team. I could give a what they think. The only thing I care about is this football team and what's best for us. I don't give a bleep what the detractors think i'm doing what's best for this football team and then four days later i don't want to talk about him he's not a buck anymore i have a lot of respect for bruce arians he's a hell of a coach by all accounts a great human being football through and through that's weak if you four days prior were hey media why are you asking me about this screw off i'm bringing ab back i'm the boss i'm the coach I don't have to explain it to you. He's my guy now. He's proven himself. And then that happens yesterday, and suddenly you don't want to talk about him. You want to talk about the guys who are there. That's weak. After that response four days prior, you owe the media and the fans an explanation as to why that was the final straw yesterday, especially in light of what we know now, that he thought he was hurt. Bruce Arians said, you're not hurt. Antonio Brown said, I am hurt. And Bruce Arians said, you're cut. Especially in light of that, Bruce Arians owes us public comments on Antonio Brown. Not a phone call to Jay Glazer. Not a phone call to Peter King. Not a discussion off the record. And then some parts on the record with The Athletic. No, 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 no. That press conference, you best be talking, Bruce. That's weak stuff from a guy who is highly respected in the NFL. That's a bad look for Bruce Arians. Yeah, and it's almost a worse look. And I think the funny thing about this is everything is, all of this is blanketing over the fact that he needed a game-winning touchdown to beat the Jets. 
which I think is a conversation obviously for, for another day as they've been By looking bad. By the way, bad. make no mistake, the Jets, that was their Super Bowl yesterday. Yeah. They lost the game, and that was their Super Bowl victory yesterday. Oh, yeah. They got a guy to quit, and they almost beat Tom Brady. Yeah. yeah like They that. tapped out Antonio Brown, and they almost <laughs> beat it. Brady needed a 90-yard touchdown drive to win it. Yeah, yeah. They, they did what they had to do this year, and they still lose, which is a win for the Jets, who are climbing up in the NFL draft play. But beyond all of that, yes, weak move by Bruce Arians. Also... I, I would expect nothing more from him. Yeah. I mean, NFL coach. I, I don't I don't understand how Bruce Arians thinks that that's not going to be something, A, that's going to be asked right off the oh, bat. Oh, he knew. He knew. And B, I, well, <laughs> for, a, uh, for a, a league and for teams and for coaches that constantly preach accountability, 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 accountability. When he's asked about him going back on what uh, on what his policy was, I mean, he had a policy. So that's it, one strike, and AB's not going to be here. And then he openly went back on that. And honestly, his accountability was uh, he helps the team win. Yeah, that's not being accountable. That's not being accountable. And it's definitely not being accountable. Then when that guy screws up again in your eyes and you release him on the sideline and then you don't want to talk about him. Sorry, accountability also means transparency. And he's doing the media, but more importantly, he's doing the fans a disservice, especially based on the defiant, I don't give a bleep what anybody thinks. Okay, well then you shouldn't give a bleep what anybody thinks if you tell your side of the story what happened either. If you're going to have the guts in that spot when you have all the leverage, you should have the guts when people are going to be openly questioning you for your decision four days later. Yeah. And he, I think as the season goes on, or even maybe in the offseason, we might get a lot more clarity from what that situation was. What, Because, you know, obviously that was the boiling point. That was it. But there had to be some things that were said or mm-hmm. done during practice or all of these other weeks leading up that were covered up because they wanted him to come out and play. I think it'll all come out in the offseason maybe. But. It's just, it's so much easier for Bruce Arians to go to his buddy Peter King and his buddy yeah. Jay Blazer and tell his side of the story as opposed to standing in front of media and taking questions about it. That That's soft. That's flat out soft. For a guy who has won countless playoff games and has done everything, a Super Bowl champion, for him to stand up there and say, yeah, I don't want to talk about him now. After four days prior, I didn't give a bleep what people think. Yeah. That was I back mean, when he was his guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's when he was his guy. But but it's easy to call up Jay, Jay Glazer, and say, oh, here's here's my side of the story. You know Jay's going to report it. Yeah. Because Jay loves that relationship with Bruce Arians. Listening lunch here on Ken LeVick Alive, ESPN 106.3, 888-760-3776, And you can always tweet at us, at ESPN West Palm. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken LeVick. Tom Brady. What was his take on this? Because Brady's the one who made the decision to bring Antonio Brown in. Tom Brady's the one who brought A.B. into New England as well. Clearly friends. And Antonio Brown appears to have turned his back on Tom Brady with his antics yesterday. Here was Tom Brady's very interesting reaction to A.B. and what occurred yesterday. It's um, obviously a a difficult situation. And, um, you know, I think we all want... You know him to to you know just think everybody should find uh you know hopefully do what they can to help him in ways that that you know he really needs it and um 
you know, we all love him. We care about him deeply. Um, you know, we want to see him be at his best. And, you know, unfortunately, he won't be with our team. But, um, you know, we have a lot of friendships that, that will last. And, again, I think the most important thing about football are the relationships with their, your friends and your teammates. And they go beyond the field. And, um, you know, I think everyone should, should be very compassionate and empathetic toward, you know, um, some very difficult things that are happening. What a uh, mature human being outlook on all of that from Tom Brady. And I immediately, because social media and Twitter especially, is an abject cesspool. I mean, there were immediately people saying, oh, that's garbage from Tom Brady. He doesn't mean that. I'd like to think, just based out of sheer humanity, that Tom Brady actually did mean that. He does. I like to think that Tom Brady has multiple times put himself out there for Antonio Brown because they do have a good relationship. And you can't sit there and say Antonio Brown needs help and then say Tom Brady is lying about compassion for Antonio Brown. I thought that maybe was the most important soundbite from all of yesterday in football. Was Tom Brady taking that route as opposed to I don't want to talk about him like Bruce Arians did or saying, yeah, he made a mistake. He had his boys back. Like Tom Brady's the one who is not only talking the talk, but he's walking the walk and yeah, this guy needs help and he needs support. Yeah, that that was and that was about what you should expect from a guy like Tom Brady who has had Antonio Brown's back. And we've all been in that situation before where you have a friend or somebody that you've been supporting or backing up. He's just a screw up. And it's like at a certain point you have to say, okay, I get it. Look, he's not with us anymore. I'll deal with that. You know, sometimes he he's not with us, but let's be compassionate. Let's yeah. be nice about it. Like he has the things he needs to deal with. Tom Brady played the middle correctly. And, you know, what what else would you expect from a guy who's the greatest of all time, right? It's Tom yeah. Brady. I, I just I, I know that Tom Brady is you know, he's a lot of things to a lot of people. For a lot of people, it's you know, you respect him, but you can't stand him. Right. I'm one of those people. I'm absolutely one of those people. But him taking that route yesterday, the this guy needs help. This guy needs compassion. When Antonio Brown's roundly getting laughed at and dismissed yesterday. And I, I think that there are going to be a lot of people, Theo, leaving this show today that are going to say, Ken is, is an Antonio Brown guy. Yeah. That sounds like his guy. I promise you, I am not a pro-Antonio Brown. The guy the guy is a bad dude. He is a bad person. He has hurt a lot of people. It doesn't mean that just because someone's a bad person, they don't need help. That there is an ability to at least make them a better person than the bad person they are. I tend to err on the side of compassion. That's just me. That's the way I operate. Uh, I like to think that there is a good in people I trust way too easily, and maybe I'm way off on this, but it helps justify my initial feelings with Antonio Brown, where hopefully this is now the time where he gets help as opposed to being enabled by the NFL. It, it helps to justify my thought when I hear Tom Brady echo very similar sentiments. Yeah. And and again, I think it's one of those things that you have to kind of you have to kind of do if you're Tom Brady, especially with that being your friend. Um, and beyond that, for Antonio Brown, it, you need somebody like Tom Brady to say that about you because had it not been for Tom Brady, there'd I mean, be nobody in his corner. Yeah, like so it's it's very understandable. It's a troubling, troubling thing to watch play out. 
But I think the furthest thing from Antonio Brown or anybody in this camp's mind needs to be football. He needs to be focused on getting Antonio Brown right right now. And the Buccaneers or any other contenders need to be focused on who they have in their locker room because I still don't think, like some of y'all think out there, you and some of the callers, that he's going to help a team to a Super Bowl right now. The furthest thing from Dolphins and their fans' minds right now is the playoffs. That's a done deal. <laughs> they went into yesterday controlling uh, their own path to the playoffs, and they get destroyed by the Titans 34-3 on the road yesterday and eliminated from playoff contention. Tua, and I am the president of the Pro Tua March here in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast. He was flat out disgusting yesterday in rainy conditions he couldn't hang on to the ball couldn't get any zip on the ball 18 of 38 205 yards averaging just 5.4 yards per attempt picked off sacked four times qbr of eight rating of 53.1 not good and because every time Tua struggles it turns into a referendum on the future of Tua Tungavailoa and the Dolphins Tua was asked about this post game yesterday, and here's what Tua had to say. Well, I think people have their own opinions. Uh, I've heard this the entire time I've been here. So, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I can control what I can control, um, you know, and that's to be the best version of myself for this team. I mean, we, we got to move on to the to the next game at this point. You know, we'll, we'll look at uh, the mistakes that we've made, make some corrections and move on. The best version of myself. That's mature. That's a mature way to handle that. I also think that we're starting to get to a point now where because the slant, the public perception of Tua has gone so one-sided into he doesn't have it. He doesn't have a strong enough arm. He doesn't put up the gaudy numbers. And now... Joe Burrow has joined Justin Herbert mm. in the these two guys are absolutely dominating. The third quarterback in that discussion from that draft class is clearly not at that level from a production standpoint. I don't know if there's any way that Tua is going to be able to right the avalanche of, uh, of negativity that's coming his way, right the ship to a point where it's salvageable with the Dolphins. I don't think it's Tua's fault. I don't think it's Tua's fault. Did Tua help his case yesterday? No. But the Dolphins have done him so wrong, including the constant pursuit of Deshaun Watson, that people are just waiting for performances like that from Tua. They don't want to remember Justin Herbert losing badly oh, yeah. to the Texans. They don't care about that stuff. They don't want to hear about Burrow and Tua having the same numbers last year in every major category. They're living in the present. The Dolphins undercut Tua every step of the way. It started last year with benching him in fourth quarters and went to the pursuit of Deshaun Watson and not improving the offensive line and not giving him any more pass-catching weapons. But Tua had been left to have to overcome it. He hasn't done it. And I have a weird feeling next Sunday's his last game is the Dolphins' starting quarterback and maybe as a Dolphin, period. It's it's not a tough... like that. That seems kind of practical at this point. I mean, they were like in the Bengals locker room fitting Joe Burrow for a gold jacket after that performance, after his back-to-back performances pretty much. And they've been doing that with Justin Herbert uh, since last year when he got his rookie of the year. It's tougher and tougher because of the comparison to those two guys 
as well as the situation he's in. But isn't it kind of fitting that that game, this referendum happened against a guy like Ryan Tannehill, who was a guy who was in a weird situation with the Dolphins. He was talented, obviously. He mm-hmm. had some some gifts. Some, but up some and traits. down and up and down and up and down and injuries and injuries yeah. and injuries and up and down and seven and uh, nine yeah. and eight and eight and could not win games late. Like that, that was Tannehill. And he was a Patriots killer, kind of like Tua has yeah. been, right? Yeah. And then he goes off, and now he's he's a number one seed in the AFC with a Titans team that has like receivers who can't stay in the game. A running back and Derrick Henry, who's out. I mean, they've just, they're just makeshift, and they're the number one seed in the AFC, and they're probably going to clinch it next week. I'm not saying that can be Tua's future, but I'm just saying Tua definitely is de- – like, you're the Tua president. He's, I club. am the president of the pro-Tua march in he's, Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast. He's not as bad as he was this past Sunday. No, you know? he's not. He's not, but because every game – he he has turned into Tebow. Tua has turned into Tebow, where the smallest slip – and, I mean, I'm guilty of this with Tebow, and I think Tua is 47 billion times the player Tim yeah, Tebow yeah. was, especially at that quarterback position. But any slight mistake, and in this social media age, Tua sucks! Like, that's... And that that permeates. I don't get at it, At every level. There is... Okay. Why? Here's what I think with Tua. A lot of people got a face full of Tua in college. Yep. Alabama guy, nothing but winning... He has the audacity to be endlessly positive and smiley. And he doesn't talk about God nearly as much as Tebow did, but he, he's put it out there. Mm-hmm. But he's he's way too positive for everybody. So you know what you do in the social media age when someone is positive and is sunshiny and looks like they're enjoying life? You hit him in the kneecaps over and over and over and over and over again. And you're going to tear down that happy person because you want them to be as miserable as you. And that's what's happened with Tua. The school he went to, the success he had, and his personality have all morphed into a perfect storm of bring this guy down. I think that's what's happened with Tua. And he's not going to recover for it here with the Dolphins. Because the Dolphins, again, they've contributed to that kneecap. Yeah, they've been, their pursuit of Deshaun Watson has been, their two offensive coordinators has been a little, you know, like. Evan Evan Cohen said it at 11.55. You want to know how I know the Dolphins don't want Tua as their guy? Because of what they did with Deshaun Watson. And Evan's right. Because you don't flirt like that if Tua is your guy. And you can bet now that they're not going to the playoffs again. They're going to continue that pursuit of Deshaun Watson. And hope that the process in the offseason gets remedied and he pays out the fines and he does the, the suspension that the NFL hands down and... He gives the restitution money and you move on because they're going to go try and pursue him. But I, that's why I think that the, the 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 deck, the public perception deck has been stacked so high and so heavy against Tua that next Sunday is his last game as a Dolphin. Certainly Dolphin starting quarterback and maybe as a Dolphin, period. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you uh, when you say he could go somewhere a la Tannehill and succeed. Ryan Tannehill's most frustrating thing as Dolphins quarterback is that we never knew what he was. What is he? Is he good? Is he bad? Can he stretch the field? Is he a game manager? What is he? And the Dolphins, after seven years, still didn't have that answer. We still don't know what Ryan Tannehill is. Right, I was about to say. The Titans aren't winning because of Ryan Tannehill. Yesterday, he was 13 of 18 for 120. Okay? Yeah. I mean, Tua had better numbers than Ryan Tannehill did. Minus the turnovers, yeah. Yeah, but Ryan Tannehill... His supporting cast is infinitely better than anything 
that Tua has. That offensive line for the Titans mm. is elite. Mm. It's why, I mean, it helps that you have the best running back in the game. But that's why a backup running back who's built similarly can come in and dominate too. Yeah. Because your offensive line rules. He got the pass protection he needed yesterday. He's got solid tight end play. He's got A.J. Brown. The Dolphins have none of that. None of that. Because if you shut down Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker's never going to get separation. He'll make a circus catch every once in a while. Mike Jasicki, if he gets bracketed, you've taken that away. There's two of his passing weapons. Yeah. He's got no running game. Duke Johnson's been nice in flashes. Hasn't been anything other than that. Miles Gaskin's flat out bad. Tua, but but Tua, again, the public perception's too far against him. Yeah. But that's why I think he could go to a Carolina. Tua could go to a Carolina. Tua could go to, um, I don't know, even like a Cleveland. And efficiency his way into success. Yeah. In the right situation. I can see that Cleveland, you might have struck something right there. Because they could use a guy like Tua. That's Baker like, Mayfield's not accurate, and he's erratic. You know who's not erratic and, a not, and is not inaccurate? Tua. Yeah. He'll make, like, one mistake a game. But he, yeah. for the most part, he's pretty efficient and pretty, like, you know, he'll move the ball down the field. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I just, I feel badly for Tua. I do. But even now, me, as the president of the Pro Tua March in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast, I know that it's we're totally. sort of at the beginning of the end. And I think Sunday is probably the end for him. And if, it's not his fault. If not Watson, though, like let's just say Watson does not become available next year because of the problems in the league, which is very feasible. Let's just say that. All right. Do you just trot Tua back out yeah, there? Do you, they're going to have to. Uncomfortably you can't so. draft another quarterback. I mean, no. this quarterback class isn't even good. But I think the Dolphins are going to do what it takes to oh, – they, They're going to get somebody in. Russell Wilson seems like the guy most likely to leave. They're not going to get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers might not be done with the Packers. I have a feeling Russell Wilson's going to leave Seattle, and I think the Dolphins will pursue him if they can't get Watson. I wonder what Sierra thinks about Miami, you know? I'm, I bet she's probably a fan. Much better than Seattle. Yeah. 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 But I, I think that <laughs> Tua's time is, uh, is about done. Let's get to our last uh, portion of the listening lunch here, and it has to do with college football. And this exchange happened on Saturday with Kirk Herbstreit and Desmond Howard at the Rose Bowl very early in the morning on college game day. Uh, this was Kirk and this was Desmond Howard on the college football opt-out throughout bowl season. First, actually, let's start with uh, Kirk Herbstreit's take on the opt-outs in college. Football. What's the difference as a player in saying these games are meaningless when... Des, we played in quote-unquote meaningless games. I mean, I know you guys were right. here a lot, but I just don't understand. If you don't make it to the playoff, how is it meaningless to play football and compete? Isn't that what we do as right. football players? We we compete. So yeah. I, I don't know if cha- I don't know if changing and expanding it yeah. is going to ch- change anything. I really don't. I think this era of player just doesn't love football. Ooh. I don't think the players in this era, they just, they just don't love football. Desmond Howard, he threw in his two cents after that. We're dealing with a total men- different mentality when we're dealing with these um, student athletes nowadays, especially the football players. I mean, their whole mentality right now is about the championship, the playoff. We got to get into the, the CFB or the CFP. And because of that, they don't value the bowl games. Now, when we were coming up, Herbstreet and myself, like, to go to a bowl game was a huge reward for a fantastic season. That's what it meant. It's like, okay, your team played this well, so you're going to be rewarded by going to this bowl game. You're going to get a ring. You're going to get swag. 
Now, kids don't really care about that. They're, they're, they, they, they have a sense of entitlement. And it's like, if we're not going to the one that matters, then, you know, it just doesn't have as much value to them as it did us growing up. Man, this is the entitlement. The buzzwords. It had it all. Desmond Howard, the entitlement of these uh, players. Kirk Herbstreet, these players just don't love football. Boy, oh boy. I mean, how dramatic is that? It's just so much drama. And you know what that is? That's old man crotchety takes. It is. And, and I want to be, I'm going to take a surprising side on this one. And not, I'm not defending these guys at all, right? I think their takes are horrible. I think they're not well thought out. And I think that if we sat down with them and actually had a productive conversation, then we might get to a more common ground and they can see how unreasonable it was. These guys, how many bowl games did these guys host? Like when I was at the, I did the Orange Bowl Fan Fest and we were waiting. I was supposed to announce Desmond Howard to come up to the stage. Before he could come up to the stage, we had to wait like a whole hour because he was doing some stuff for, uh, what was it, the, the, the Alabama-Cincinnati game. What, what bowl was that? The, uh, it's Cotton Bowl. Cotton Bowl. He was doing Cotton Bowl stuff from outside of the Orange Bowl. He has to come to the Fan Fest, get up on stage, address the crowd for all the Michigan fans, go back, then do prep to go do the, the, the actual Orange Bowl that he's at. Then he takes a cross-country flight to go do the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Him and Kirk both. Him and Kirk. And I'm like, okay, these guys are doing constant TV for like 24 hours in a row. And at one point, they're just like, let's just, let's just try to you make think, some comments that matter. Yeah, I, I honestly think they're just tired. They're gassed. They're tired and they're angry. And they're, they're taking it out. They're taking out their frustrations on the college football yeah. player. Have college football opt-outs ruined the college bowl season? <laughs> I think that that's absurd. I think that that's insane. I don't think that it means that the, uh, the players don't love football, but the college football opt-outs, the players that have opted out, is it bad for football? Is it bad for football players that opt out of bowl games? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Do you agree with Kirk and with Desmond that no. these players are elite? Are, are, are Well, they're elite, obviously, but that they're also entitled. And as Kirk Herbstreit says, they don't love football. Have they ruined college football, these college football bowl game opt-outs? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That had been the Listening Lunch. This is Ken Levicka, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3.